This is Get a Load of This Podcast, where we cover topics for truckers and entrepreneurs alike. Our guests are coming straight from the trucking industry and industries that directly influence and impact the truckers and trucking companies. We want to bring tremendous value to today's leaders and entrepreneurs and our future of the trucking industry. The common passion amongst our hosts and our guests is one thing. It's you. It's you, the people that make this country move, the trucking industry. Enough with the introductions. Let's get this load on the road. We are your hosts, Thomas, Cameron, and Ryan. Let's get rolling. Welcome back, everybody, to an episode of Get a Load of This Trucking Podcast. As always, I am your host, Cameron Pishy. This episode is proudly driven by Valley Trucking Insurance. And I get a lot of requests and uh, recommendations or, you know, ask for referrals uh, when it comes to legal and attorneys. And I know a lot of people might have a bad taste about that or a lot of people don't like attorneys or have dealt with legal systems and maybe been on the wrong end of that. But fortunately for me, my job is to know good people and know people that are, um, you know, have the trucking industry at heart and are really an advocate for them. And so today's guest, I'm pumped to bring on. I think that there's a ton of value here. I think that what they're doing is a great mission and they do have some unique propositions and value propositions. So I want to welcome, I've got special guest, Doug Marcello. Uh, Doug is a trucking defense attorney. He is a chief legal officer over at Blue Wire. You may or may not have heard of that, which we'll we'll get into, um, and also a shareholder at Saxton Stump. So, Doug, how you doing today, bud? Doing great, Cameron. Uh, honored to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on. I know that with the last, it seems like maybe five years or so, the the legal environment and the venues have kind of ramped it up with these nuclear verdicts and some of these things that are coming out. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into this and maybe share some best practice things and things that these trucking companies can do to make themselves defendable when it comes to court, which is what I primarily try to coach on with my clients. I'm not legal, but everything that I can control, that's where I work. And so I'm excited to maybe bounce some ideas off you and get into it. But before we do, let's start with your background, Doug, tell us a little bit about you. I know that you have a CDL, which is very exciting. And I know when talking to truckers, that goes a long, long way. So tell us about your background, Doug. Uh, I, uh, as you said, I'm a uh, trucking defense attorney with a CDL. I've been specially admitted in about 35 states for cases all over the country. I've had trials in eight or nine states. Uh, also chief legal officer and excited to be involved with Blue Wire LLC which is a technology company that analyzes the data of trucking companies to see where their potential exposure is to those nuclear verdicts you were discussing. That's cool. That's, um, and that scrubs, I'm guessing, from all the FMCSA data, public data, and the perception of the things that they report on, correct? Is that where you're pulling info for that? Yeah, a lot of it, and we score all 760,000 trucking companies. Oh, wow. Uh, that are registered with the, with the DOT. And we have what we call a gap score as a basis. The gap score, generally available public data. But among the various things, Cameron, we take everything from the FMCSA data, crashes, et cetera. But also, we also apply a factor and run through the miles 
uh, how much or where does that company run, particularly do they run in judicial hell holes mm-hmm. so that we can give an alert and give a score based on that as well. So there's a number of factors. And what we're looking to do is to evaluate you know, the, the, the exposure that they have, evaluate ahead of time. Because it, what you do proactively is the key to any of these cases, as you well know, in terms of these protecting yourself against the nuclear verdicts. Oh, 100%. And it all starts from the moment they start their company, set their company up, put their handbooks, their process, their procedures. How do they hire? Who do they hire? What does that look like? If it's not written down, it's not documented, it's not real. Like, you know, we kind of dig into a lot of that. You, We already do something similar to that, but I'm <laughs> ours is a little bit more manual and a little bit more maybe hypothetical based on where I know the the hard venues are at, which are your big name states, Florida and some of those, which I know they're starting to get some wins in some of these states to overturn and maybe like defend some cases a little bit better. But I'd be super interested on your product. Now, is this something that is client facing? Do you partner with other professionals to provide this as a service? How could a trucking company take this data, maybe get access to it? And then how would they take and utilize it in your opinion? couple things. We started off with a, and our primary or one of our basic uh, things are a deep dive for individual companies. And we do, you know, uh, an analysis on an individual basis. Trucking companies can reach out to us. Uh, and we're on uh, the internet at bluewire.ai, AI for uh, artificial intelligence, okay. because we scan the data and look through there. Uh, but I'll tell you, Cameron, with regard to the gap score, uh, our primary customers for that, the overall arching score of all the companies, have been insurance brokers, insurance companies, uh, freight brokers, and shippers. Because in today's world that folks are looking for deep pockets, it is not just the trucking company. You know, they've got either the 750 or million at least coverage, uh, depending on if they have hazmat. But the next thing is, well, how can we go beyond that? And that's where the freight brokers and the shippers are really starting to be uh, targets to this attack. That's just kind of super exciting. And I and I have good friends that are in the freight industry that provide services that are freight brokers. I've got a ton of clients that do that. And that's something that we talk about, too. And I never I know there's tools out there and that's how you can vet carriers. That's how you can pick your clients and make sure you do your due diligence, which is kind of what we preface everything with is you're the one that's responsible for defending yourself, right? You can't get to court and then call Doug and Doug will work magic, no doubt, but you have to help him. Right. And there's things that you got to put in play and put in place. And, and I'm guessing if you've done these things, you've documented it, you have these reports, you've got that you've done your due diligence. And if something does arise, it makes them much more defendable come case time. Correct. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I go around the country and do presentations, and I've done I don't know how many. And recently, the one of the ones I've done mm-hmm. quite a bit is called "Winning the Four Phases of Litigation." Uh, and while I talk about the litigation, the uh, post-accident, the accident response, probably the most important one, Cameron, is pre-accident. Mm-hmm. It's what you do. You know, the regrettable reality of our industry is that there's going to be accidents. Yep. And there was a University of Michigan study in 2007 that said 70% aren't even our fault. Yep. But the regrettable reality is there will be accidents and there will be lawsuits, regardless of who's at fault. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is to prepare for them, just like we prepare for, be it uh, earthquakes or some other natural disaster. Because, you know, we, we, do, we can't accurately predict the, the uh, uh, earthquake 
we can't accurately predict a hurricane, let's say, less beyond seven or eight days. But what we need to do is prepare for it, harden our targets, and make sure we're always vigilant and prepared so that when that comes, we can withstand it. What are some of the proactive steps, maybe speaking to a new company owner um, that doesn't have any idea, you know, they're, they're drinking from a fire hose, they just jumped in, they're excited, they're newer in business within the last couple of years, let's say, but they probably haven't taken these steps. Like most of them probably haven't. I come across this every day and, and our job is to coach and educate and guide and make connections such as I've sent some folks to you. Um, but sure. but what are a couple of things that you would recommend out the gates? Like these are easy to get done, easy to do. It'll set you up and kind of springboard you to that defensible space. Well, uh, and uh, I'm smiling, Cameron, because it's almost like you attended one of my talks. Uh, <laughs> drinking from a fire hose. That's what I talk about data. You know, we used to have trucks as mechanical devices. Now they're technological devices that yeah. are all freight. Uh, number one, know what data you have. Many folks don't know it until after the accident. When we do the investigation, uh, a lot of stuff's coming out OEM. Once mm -hmm. you identify what you have, analyze it. What's the data that correlates primarily to the accidents you're having? Now, there are limitations in terms of predictive analytics. Uh, you can only go so far. That tells us what happened. Mm -hmm. But what we want to do is look for the proclivities. What, what are the main attributes? Once we analyze it, then let's monitor it. You know, if you're on the 80 out in Nebraska, it's probably overspeed. Mm -hmm. If you're running the GW in New York, it's probably hard brakes. Mm -hmm. And the last one's the tough one in the, in the environment we have in terms of drivers, and that's the discipline. Because mm -hmm. companies can't afford to fill a seat for a load or two with a driver that's going to cost them hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. So mm -hmm. that's on the data side. Hiring, you know, number one, uh, identify when you hire, is there a deficiency with that driver? You know, if it's too significant, you can't hire them. You're better off not running and passing up on that load. But if there's something there with them, then address that deficiency. Document, as you said, to show that it's there. Document that you have put them through a training course, something sensitive, a ride along, a driver, driver trainer, something like that. Uh, and then monitor them. You know, if you have driving standards, make sure your drivers, current drivers, would meet those standards. Because if they wouldn't meet what you would hire them for, then you're going to have a lot of explaining to do down the road on that. Uh, and then supervise them. If you've got cameras, use it as a coaching device. You know, so those are some of the things we talk about on it. With your manuals, constantly review your manuals because that is the biggest source of information and targeting that the plaintiff attorneys do. They'll take your manuals, look at what you say in there, and try to use that against you and your driver for doing that. Because these nuclear verdicts don't come from the accident, really. You know, generally the nuclear verdicts almost always come from some exploitation of a systemic failure of the trucking company. And that's, that's what they're looking for, the reptile theory that we've talked about over the years. That's basically what that addresses and what that kind of uh, teaches the plaintiff attorneys to go after. Yeah, and once one case is one, as you saw, then it kind of takes catches wind and starts picking up steam. Is that something that you offer would be a review of their current handbook and the process procedures, that stuff? And and, it, and to follow that question up, I know it's one thing to write it and say it, but then it's like these folks actually have to do it. And so I don't know if that takes maybe a 
risk and safety advisor or manager, um, maybe a third party company that comes in, does consultation and oversight. But what are some recommendations you make? And then um, if you do review those, you know, talk about that process, like what's a rough, I know that you can't put a cost out, but just, it might be more affordable than people think to review a contract or review their current stuff is, is my feeling. Yeah, exactly, Cameron. What what we do, and we do review manuals, we'll look at them from a litigation perspective, yep. you know, kind of a reverse analysis on it. Uh, you know, gee, if I was a plaintiff attorney, what is it I would go in here for? And, you know, you've got to have certain material in there. Back years ago, before I started doing trucking, and we're talking years ago, I did products Mm -hmm. liability. And the old joke then was, to the extent products liability has jokes, uh, that the only safe lawnmower is one with a steel plate welded on the bottom of it. You know, it's non-functioning. So, you know, you got to have a functioning manual. But what we look in, is there stuff in there that's unnecessary? A lot of times people put in their kind of safety platitudes that, you know, they feel, gee, it's it's great to have it in there and they're good thoughts, but it's just going to set you up for target from the plaintiff attorney. Uh, so that's the type of thing. And yeah, we're not, we're not talking super expensive, somewhere maybe between a thousand, two thousand dollars at most, but, you know, depending on what it is. But uh, what I try to do, Cameron, is uh, somebody has a project like that. Uh, I'll give them an estimate of what it is ahead of time before they dive into it. Great. And I think it's the best money spent, as you said, being proactive um, taking the necessary steps ahead of time will save you a mountain of headache come time to actually show up and defend yourself. Plus that uncertainty and stress that you're going to feel as a business owner, that's really pulled in a million directions. The last thing that they think they have time to do, and they really don't have time to do is go make themselves defendable, go to court, get all their documents, pull everything out. Wonder if they had safety meetings where those safety meetings, even documented attendance, like what right. we talk about, there's all these things that when we talk to companies from my side of the table doing insurance, um, I'm not legal, but I can at least give them a lot of insight and, and say, this is what I've seen and this is where I would go and this is what I would do based on what I've seen. And I know, you know, my company's coming out of Nevada or California, even I-5 court or Washington, Oregon kind of go down to Texas, Arizona, the Southeast states, you know, there's a tough, there's a lot of tough venues there that are not favorable for truckers. And as you said- 70 percent and it's probably accurate are not their fault they're really not right pinch claims all these things that come up it's like i feel like the four-wheelers should use common sense there but they try to get in and next thing you know attorney gets a hold of it and reserves open up they want a million dollars for something that is you know maybe 40 50 thousand max (laughs) and it it goes crazy but they're opened up to this potential yeah. And, and, you know, uh, that was, uh, gee, what was it now? About probably 25 years ago when cameras first started to come out. Mm-hmm. You know, my thought was, oh, geez, you know, here's another piece of evidence that I'm going to need a proctologist to get back. But here's the deal. Uh, you know, w- w- we get blamed for everything anyhow. So the great thing about the cameras is they give us the exoneration that we don't have otherwise on it. Yep. More companies now are going to side view cameras for the lane changes or even rear cameras on this. So I think that's a big thing that we have right there. And we've got a client, Cameron, uh, that has over 5,000 units on the road. And what will happen, and I just was dealing with one a few minutes ago, they have an accident. You know, it could be a fender bender to something serious. They send it over to us. We do a triage. I talk to the driver, protected with attorney-client privilege. And then we say, look, you know, this is one you know, and the one today, let's get this settled, you know, let's get it, let's get it taken care of, get the person in their car fixed, get it back out there because these things don't get better with time. 
And in today's world, if somebody's without a car, that's the quickest thing to drive them to an attorney. And then they try to pursue a bodily injury claim that may not be there, that might not have been there. So, you know, and again, to do that, the, the trucking company spends probably less than $200 to do it. No. But we get ahead of it. And if it's defensible, get somebody out there in today's YouTube society, get somebody out there looking at for door or ring doorbell footage, yep. uh, you know, uh, intersection cameras, you know, business cameras, anything like that. So we can get the other evidence, not just in the truck. Yep. Witness evidence, video evidence, anything. And you know, the, you had mentioned the cameras and adoption of tech and that kind of stuff is scary for a lot of the older school mentality guys, right? They don't want people watching them, big brother looking over them, this kind of stuff. The 360 degree camera systems are really cool. They're very unique. And they like, at the same time though, if you're in the wrong, it'll show you being right. in the wrong, but you should step up and have to pay for that and cover that. That's your liability. That's your wrongdoing. And you're, you know, so there's two sides of the story there, but at the same time, if they're doing everything right and they're, they're trying to operate at a high level with safety first and all these things, because safety equates to profitability, equates to reliability, equates to better paying loads. More people want to work with you. Your reputation's intact. All these things come out, as you said, you can pull all this stuff from AI data. Um, and there's a lot of tools I know that people are picking up. It's not like the old days. They just get a new DOT number. It's not the same. Yeah. No, uh, no, no, no more the ghost DOTs. Yeah. No, don't, don't do that. Uh, and, you know, yeah. And one of the things too, Cameron, and you know this from the insurance industry, is with premiums going up, we're not going to stop the raise of them, but we can. Some companies are slowing them, as I understand, and you know better than I, by taking on more risk themselves, deductible, yep. retention, those type of things. And then, you know, now you've really got some skin in the game. Yep. And by protecting yourself, uh, ATRI, the American Trucking Research Institute, did a study a couple of years ago on insurance, and they found that the companies that increased their own retention. When you added the amount that they increased retention by, plus their safety increased spending, plus their premium, they were saving money on insurance yeah. by doing that, and, and you know controlling the cost of it themselves. So that's you know that's the big thing because I see companies are more apt to hemorrhage every day with these you know twenty five fifty thousand dollar cost of defense type of claims than they are you know the chance they're going to be hit with a nuclear verdict. And a lot of that is within their control. They got to get after it and get after it right away. You know, but one of the things a friend of mine uh, talks about is that time after the accident until the suit comes in, uh, and they call it the dark period is what he refers to, because we don't know what's going on with the plaintiff. Right. Too many people sit back and are inactive during that time. You, you got to get active. You get a letter of recommendation, be it the trucking company or the insurance company, they got to push back. I send a letter back and say, hey, you know, I represent these folks. And by the way, here are releases for medical and employment records. Yeah. Uh, you know, and also we'll ask for an independent examination by that person immediately. And the other attorney will go, well, what legal right do you have to do that? And I'll go, none. But here's the deal. If you refuse to do it, then you're going to have to answer why, if your person was legitimately hurt, yeah. Were you afraid to have them examined by another doctor? Yep. Surveillance early on. You know, we live in a YouTube society, as I said a few minutes ago. You know, if we can't have them examined, you know, we can see if what they're doing in public is what they're telling the doctors they can't do. And one of the things that really blows people's mind, Cameron, particularly insurance folks, is sue them first. 
because if an accident happens and we have a you know an argument as to liability and suffered some damage, PD, cargo, etc., uh, what we'll try to do is to file suit first, particularly if it's a chance that we're going to get dragged into a judicial hellhole. We'll try to anchor the jurisdiction so the case is in a more conservative county. Yep. Get the jump on them. We get subpoena power. I've had a number of cases where this will work. One of them even where they got an attorney from a hellhole. We got the thing decided for our favor and litigate in arbitration that they didn't even have a chance to file suit by the time they knew what hit them on that. So those are some of the things you got to get after them on this stuff. We can't sit back and just rely on someone else to take care of it. No, it sets the tone too. And like you said, what legal right do I have? None, but it sets the tone mm-hmm. for what's about to come. And then a lot of attorneys exactly. might take back and be like, they'll second guess file on that. And then you might, and, and maybe not all the time, but you'll get a letter saying, okay, we're, we're not going to represent this client. We don't have yeah. enough here to move forward. Right. So then they got to go jump, find another attorney. Once you get dropped from one, the other attorneys are going to start taking notice and realize eh, it's not something I want to pick yeah. up. Right. Yeah. Now the sad reality out there, Cameron, is there there is there is an attorney who will take any case. <laughs> True. You know, yeah. no, and, I know. And, it's, and, and you know, <laughs> and they hear the words trucking accident, boom, the light goes. I think on. that's at ATM. Right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and you know, I, you know, that's what I that's what I tell uh, people that you know we're being viewed as having eighteen wheel ATMs now. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, and these folks are living by the mantra of hit a truck, get a check. Yep. Uh, and we just have to disavow them of that. Yeah. And I understand cost of defense and I understand business decisions and, you know, hey, it's not my money. But at the same time, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we can't just roll over on all these claims because we're going to end up like we do. I, I was giving a talk and uh, I described some of this hemorrhaging that's going on. A guy came up to me afterwards. He goes, what you're talking about is Ling Chi. And I said, well, Gazoon hike. And he goes, no, no, Ling Chi, death by a thousand cuts. And that's what our trucking yeah. companies are facing now. Yeah. It, it's these, it's these twenty-five to fifty thousand dollar claims that are just out of their pocket. And you talk about safety being profitable. This is right off the bottom line if it's out of their if it's out of their pocket in their deductible and their retention on it. Yeah, and what does fifty thousand actually equate to in terms of revenue for that company? Right, uh, a yeah. lot, a how lot many, more than that. How many how many miles do your good drivers have to drive yep. to make up for that? Yeah. Uh, how, how much work does a man or a woman have to do away from their family, missing the birthday parties and everything else, putting in real work because someone's trying to get some easy money off of a trucking company when they're not entitled to it? I think the common misperception, too, is these trucking companies have deep pockets. They have big companies, tons of assets. But in reality, you know, we know that 90 percent, at least out on the West Coast, are less than fleet, are mom and pop. They're real people. They have families, their husband and wives working very, very hard, oftentimes wrenching their own trucks. You know what I mean? There's all these things that come into play, but the public perception is like they're mega companies. They're the 1%. They have all this money. They can afford to do it. They're wrongdoers. Reptilian theory comes into play. So the juries are using their peers to get them, to put themselves in their shoes. If this is your family member, what, you know, all this kind of stuff. And that's, that's the sad part, man. I feel like that's what we're fighting towards, which is why I love what you guys are doing, especially with uh, the tools at Blue Wire and that kind of stuff. And what are some of the unique things? I feel like there was some unique things that you were doing with the trucking industry in terms of like making sure you give back and that kind of stuff that, that is exciting. What, what we've done is to, uh, you know, the federal government was going to develop a beyond compliance program. 
Okay. That was uh, mandated by Congress in the ironically named FAST Act, Cameron, because that was in 2015. They still don't have it. So we, we provided a platform for companies to curate what they do, how much and what they invest in safety. To, so the people can go and the trucking company, when they come into these depositions, they're faced with some of this or even in a mediation, they can say, wait a minute, we're committed to safety. We invest in safety. Here's what we are and who we really are. You know, as you, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, I saw an article the other day, and I think it's either 90 or 95 percent of trucking companies have less than 10 trucks. Yeah, it's, it's know, that's the nature of our And, you know, while people can look askew at corporations and try to demean them, the folks that you and I know, the family operations that many of these are, they're the folks who get up in the morning and do the work. They're the ones who create the jobs. They're the ones who support the community, be it Little League or other charities. That's who these people are. They're not the villains that are trying to be out to by these billboard attorneys out there. No, not at all. Um, You mentioned you have a CDL. How'd that come about? Let's talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Very gently, Cameron, very gently. The the world is better with me in the courtroom than behind the wheel. Uh, uh, When we firmed our own firm, my uh, uh, prior law partner and I, before I merged into the new firm, uh, we uh, completed getting our CDL training, uh, trained out on the range, uh, passed the exam and uh, got the CDL. So it's great. It gave me the benefit of uh, knowing what's involved behind the wheel. Cool. Uh, it gives me, you know, credibility with the drivers that I talk to. Once in a while, Cameron, I, I, you know, they try to give me a story and I go, you know, like one guy told me one time, the guy was coming over the hill and my power went out and my brakes left. I go, well, air brakes, don't they lock up when they're, okay, well, let me try something else. Okay. Well, let's, you know, so it, it, it's been very good. It, it was a very good experience on it. Yeah. And, uh, this is such a small community based solely on trust, right? And unfortunately, there's too many people that, and I don't want to say they're untrustworthy because I, I, I can't imagine that people intentionally would be untrustworthy, but maybe there's some naivety or ignorance or something like that that's out there that unfortunately these people fall victim of and pray to. And, and as you can imagine, I see this on the insurance time and time again, um, folks that maybe just truly don't understand what a day-to-day operation looks like or contracts or review or like what they face day in and day out, which is where we've taken a tremendous amount of pride and um, invest a tremendous amount of time and energy and resources into higher education, getting with legal, getting with contract interpretation, understanding the insurance policies that how is, you know, how it translates to our trucking clients and that kind of stuff. Um, You know, same though. And I, and I would, I would go out and say the same on the legal side, right? Not all attorneys do trucking. And I know this as a fact because we deal with insurance and some very high level insurance trucking insurance companies that I, I put above some others for those reasons, right? Their attorneys are very good at what they do. Everyone specializes. They understand the venues. They understand what a truck is. They understand like they can walk around a truck and point out pieces as you did with the CDL that that builds so much credibility and loyalty with these guys and bridges that trust gap. Yeah, it's, you know, it it is a unique area. Uh, You're dealing with a lot of, you know, specific FMCSR, uh, a lot of the other elements of it. And, you know, it, it is in the same way as uh, with you, Cameron, you know, we work with trucking companies. Our goal is to be proactive, help them ahead of time uh, in terms of working with this. 
And that's one of the other big things with Blue Wire, particularly the GAP score. We have a lot of insurance companies such as yourselves using this for stewardship purposes. Yeah. You know, they can monitor the companies on a, on a monthly basis and say, hey, you know, we got a renewal coming up in six months here. Uh, you're starting to have some issues. Let's talk about this and yep. get ahead of it before you have to submit it to underwriting and that type of thing. 100%. Yeah. And it's uh, it's all about, does your story align with what you actually do, right? It's one thing to say it, but the data comes out and it's like, what's going on? You say you're yeah. proactive on your vehicle maintenance. You say that you're proactive with your drivers and selection and hiring. And this is all the stuff we work on too. But um, <laughs> it ha- I, I can help you so much, but you have to help yourself and help us help you, right? 100% exactly. Exactly. Somewhere between my grandmother and Jerry Maguire. The Lord helps those that helps himself and let me help you. So, you know, uh, help me help you. So, you know, there, there you go. What a, what a combination, Cameron. You can't be Man, that. that's good. All right. Where can people follow you? Where can they find out more if they want to learn more, maybe even get a review of their legal contracts? Is this all in one spot or do you have separate? I know you have a couple entities working. So, Yeah. E- easiest is to uh, link up to me on LinkedIn. Doug okay. Marcello on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, BlueWire, BlueWire.ai, the information on the GAP score or anything like that. Or, you know, my initials, DBM at SaxtonStump.com for any of the legal work, assistance, proactive, or anything else we can help with. Uh, I do a, a newsletter usually about every other week. And so anybody who wants to sign up, shoot me an email or just hit me up on LinkedIn. Glad to do it. Perfect. Yeah, I think that that'll be great. And I'll put a um, in the show notes for everybody that's maybe driving and listening to this, um, I'll make sure that we put some links to that stuff. And then I'd recommend the newsletter. Um, you got some downtime, you're sitting there, you want to see what's going on in the world. It's probably great information. And similar to, you know, uh, like myself, I digest ATA and my state trucking associations and involved in the different groups and just try to know what's going on. It's good practice. So, And let me say this, Cameron, I work hard at not sounding like a lawyer. So I try to keep it short. I try to keep it conversational. Uh, and if you want more information, you know, glad to provide it. But it doesn't help to put something heavy out there. You know, quite frankly, uh, I don't, you know, uh, look for things that are real heavy to read like that. But it's just to, to highlight various topics on it. Uh, like the next one I'm working on right now is for drivers uh, to remind your drivers the difference between an excuse and a defense. A defense is a legal reason why you're not at fault for something. An excuse is why you did something you shouldn't have done, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Oh, no. And then folks can also join me on, uh, on my YouTube channel because I'll be posting a short video about that on it. Uh, and that's Transport Center. Love it. Yeah, and we'll make sure to put that in the notes too. And I'll, I'll definitely be reaching out on some of those additional services because I think it aligns with Excellent. what we want to do and explore that a little bit more because I think what a great tool. Um, it's all about tools. But people don't need tools if they're not going to use them. It's all about seeing what you got, taking inventory, um, and utilizing it to your benefit. And if you're not, and if it doesn't make sense, it's like, why are you paying for something, especially right now? And I think folks have really turned inward and looked at their P&Ls and realized what they're paying for just when times, uh, times get tough, you know. So I think that's awesome. So, Doug. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time Thank immensely. You. Obviously, I feel like we can go for another hour talking about these things. But folks, like as you said, they don't want to talk uh, in the weeds or the minutiae or start getting into legal jargon and that kind of stuff. And I deal with that on insurance too. So I think for those that want to learn more, go follow Doug, go to his YouTube channel, reach out to him, email him, go to Blue Wire, check out that report. I think that that would be a huge benefit. I think everyone should do that regardless just to get a baseline idea of like, 
oh, I didn't even realize or, you know, what the world views of me is really what that report does. And like people might think they're best in class and they're doing everything right. And you print this report out and it's like, oh, we got a lot of work to do. So I would open that up, Doug. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. My pleasure. For those that we got Facebook groups, we're out on Apple, Spotify, all the different platforms. Follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, reach out any way you can. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.